Welcome back, everybody. Week six of the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joshua Schaefer, here as always with Sloan Schaefer. Hello, boys. Yeah, I thought you weren't going to say hello for a second, Sloan. Sorry, you always kind of jump in there and say hi. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, glad to have you, Sloan. And we have another special guest this week, somebody who doesn't get talked about as much on the podcast as they probably should. Special guest, introduce yourself. Good evening, everyone. My name is Ungood Sodi, <laughs> and I'm greatly appreciative of the Schaefers for this podcast and being so invested in the league. Well, we're appreciative we're, of you joining yes. us. Yeah, thanks for coming on. This podcast yeah. would be nothing without the special guests because, frankly, I don't <laughs> think people want to hear Sloan and I talk about fantasy football, just the two of us uh, yeah, people, every week. The audience sucked it up for the first week, but... Now we have to actually have guests. There's actually been a few weeks where I'm like, hey, Sloan, maybe we could do my team. And he just ignores it and says, let's bring somebody else on. (laughs) We try to bring on relevant people. (laughs) On good, made the playoffs, he's relevant. I think we we hear enough about Josh's team throughout the weeks anyway. That's true. Hey, I'm not the person who every time we ask about how results went, they just bring up their their own team's performance. That is... uh... (laughs) I'm on the podcast, I'm going to talk about my own team. I'm sorry. That's what the people want to hear. I think that's a very natural segue, though, into our first topic for today's podcast. Uh, Last week's results. We had a pretty crazy shakeup in the real playoffs uh, with Tommy's team dominating the other playoff teams. Sloan's team won the week for the toilet teams. Um... But Sloan, let me hear your thoughts on last week's standings. Most, of course, starting off with your own team's performance. <laughs> you know, I was going to try as long as possible to not talk about my own team, but now everybody <laughs> is expecting me to talk about my own team. So I'll go ahead and do it. My team did well. Uh, I mean, just boom-type performances from Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette and just a solid performance all around. Tyreek Hill, or uh, Taysom Hill, the other T Hill on my roster, he – Honestly, I thought it was going to be a bad week because going into halftime, he had some low points, but uh, ended up pulling some rushing touchdowns together uh, that really helped me out. Um, Just, I don't know. I got lucky with all my players last week, and I'm really happy. I think this was the highest score that I had scored over the course of the season, 187. Uh, So, yeah, just super happy. And I told Matt before the playoffs started that the toilet bowl was going to be a two-horse race between me and him. And. He put me at third in the initial toilet bowl power rankings, so I'm glad he adjusted those for this upcoming week. Um, But overall, I'm kind of disappointed with how the uh, actual playoffs are going with – I don't know if disappointed is the right word, but I'm I'm sad that Colin only got one point. Um, It is cool that Tommy won this first week, uh, but – how well Colin did over the regular season, it is kind of a bummer to see him not perform as well in the first week of the playoffs. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think heading into this week, I was feeling pretty confident that Colin's team would have a strong week. I didn't know if it would be the best. I honestly thought Tommy's team was the best team going into this week with the state of injuries and buys for everybody else. I think Ongood and Austin both got hurt by the bye week pretty badly. Uh, just want to say that I did call that Cam Newton was a horrible start. So, um, wasn't too bad. (laughs) It was better than Dak. That's true. But (laughs) you know, can you start Cam this week? Definitely not. 
considering he gets benched in the middle of games. So, uh, yeah, just disappointing. I mean, I love, I think my favorite part about the table format has been going into the Monday night games, kind of seeing where things end up. And really this week, there was nothing to look forward to. Uh, I wasn't even checking my phone on Monday night really to see what was going on. So that was kind of a letdown. This may be a negative consequence of the table format in the playoffs that because there are only four teams that the odds that two teams are really close for a given game is just pretty unlikely. Um, so maybe something we adjust going forward, but week one was definitely disappointing for me as a fan of entertaining fantasy football and me as an owner of Tommy's next year's draft pick, uh, because it's looking, if he continues this, it's looking pretty likely that he may win the league, which would be an incredible thing. So no complaints about that, but yeah, for the toilet bowl, whatever. I don't really care how my team does. I started an out player. If I win 25 bucks, great. If I don't, doesn't matter. I'm already on to the scouting of next year's rookie class. So. I think you can tell that a lot of the toilet bowl managers don't really care that much. <laughs> I think it's I Matt and I. Yeah. Um, I can't even see two of the matchups or two <laughs> of the teams. I know. I'm trying to figure out if Ryan or uh, Mike are, is going to beat me last week. And then I saw what their actual results were this week. And it's like, wow, they just, they didn't even start an active roster. I don't think so. Yeah. For being a loser, Sloan, you're being pretty high maintenance about wanting a score update. If there's money you can just go line. search for their teams. You can just go I look at their teams. I no, because I had an issue. I couldn't do it on the desktop app or on my mobile app. Neither of them I could see their teams. I mean, I could go to the roster and manually calculate uh, what each player scored. But what's the outlook on? What's the outlook on like continuing to use sleeper? Like, are, are we going to transition or are we going to stay stick you know, with this? I was thinking about that when I was inputting the like players and uh, all that stuff for the age and experience Excel file. I think there's a way that we could do this ourselves and it wouldn't be as pretty, but I think it would be effective. And that's something I want to look into over the off season. Are you talking about an offline league? <laughs> I don't there's know if a- offline would be the... Yeah, I love I personally I love sleeper. I think it's a killer app. I get a lot of joy out of using it. I think it's way better than the ESPN app was for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think if they added table format to their actual scoring modes, it would be honestly perfect. Yeah, I don't think any other dynasty leagues, though, use that because I, you know, I'm very active on the dynasty fantasy football subreddit. And basically everybody talks about their season in terms of head to head. So yeah. I think we're truly trailblazers. I did reach I out to uh, go ahead. I think it's like if, if we start to share like this format a little bit more, I don't know how, I don't know what's the most effective way, but I think a lot more people would catch on to it. Cause I, I was not a fan of it. And then week one of the season, I'm like, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I tweeted at field Yates from the uh, official boys dynasty Twitter account to try to get him to <laughs> talk about table format versus head-to-head format on his podcast but i haven't heard anything yet i think more people <laughs> if they tried it they would like it because it is so i mean we i don't think anybody in the league would say that they like this less than head-to-head i think this has just been super enjoyable and it's more of a uh it's just interesting to watch everybody's team and how they compete compared to your own team and the team you're going up against um, yep. and josh like you were saying like the matchups going into Monday night are much more exciting 
nowadays uh, than they used to be. For sure. Well, I'm good. We haven't gotten your thoughts yet on last week's matchup. The only playoff team on the podcast. <laughs> I saw you bitching about the kickers, about the defenses. How are you feeling? You know, I was watching the Sunday night game very, very closely. <laughs> and when when Matt Prater hit his first 50-yard field goal, I'm like, okay. He, you know, he's he, that's what he's known for. But then he comes out and he drills another one. And that's when I lost it. That's when I was like, this is ridiculous because I had him on my team and he wasn't doing that for like three weeks. <laughs> so I was like, I, I, I don't know. I lost it. And then OBJ is like blossoming into the old OBJ that he was like at the perfect time. I'm like, this is a recipe, like a perfect recipe for disaster for my team. Yeah. Prater um, was, he was hitting, just kicking rocks out there. Like yeah. they didn't even look like normal kicks, but they were going no, in. He could have hit them from 65 if he wanted to. Can you take a guess how old Prater is? I would say 37, maybe. Yeah, he's 37. Look at that. That's crazy. Right. (laughs) 15 years experience. Was not included in the uh, age and experience sheet. (laughs) (laughs) No, not only because Gonga doesn't have much roster, but. Then what what really, really ticked me off, actually, was not even the kickers. So, little flashback to when I, after the draft, I wasn't a huge Dak Prescott fan to begin with. I, I didn't think he was a franchise quarterback. I didn't think he had the numbers or the stats to, you know, uh, ask for $40 million a year. And then he like, you know, he starts the year off well, and now he's starting to drift off a little bit. And then he goes up against the Washington football team, the 30th ranked pass defense in the NFL. Very green. And he, and he Yeah. Very green. It's like the, Speaking of green, Cam Newton, too, like both my matchups, sublime for the playoffs. And they put up a combined like 21 points. And it like I I defended him to like a bunch of my friends in Columbus. And now I'm just like I'm eating my words like after he put those numbers up. And I I I I still think about it today. The trade that I had with you, Josh, for Kyler Murray. God, I, I was I was ecstatic when you agreed to that trade. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a huge. I mean, I think it wouldn't have been a huge mistake because Dak is still good. There's obviously something wrong with him, Sloan, and everybody else's. For your information, maybe it might have been even before the season started. Maybe after like week one or two. I think it was week one or two. Yeah. yeah. We had a, had agreed over text to a trade of Dak Prescott for Kyler Murray and a single first rounder. Um, it, but I, it was went through in the sleeper app and he denied it. Well, you know, it wasn't. I don't want to. I didn't cheat. I, he no, you didn't cheat. No, it no, no. in the sleeper yes. app, and I just oh. never accepted it. I kept postponing, Correct. and then eventually you, you accepted it. it verbally, but you never exactly. Okay. Yes, yeah, and I got my. Uh, I got. You know, revenge was taken on me for doing that because Dylan and I had a similar experience where he accepted a trade. And then, you know, Angad bullied me really hard into accepting it, saying I'm a terrible person. I have no integrity. I did not say you were a terrible person. <laughs> uh, words were words were thrown. But yeah, I think if you would have had Kyler, that would have been great. Personally, I'm I mean, a little scared for your team because this was your week. I know you didn't have Hurts, but... Like this was your week, I think, to do really well. Needed at least three. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Losing, oh, losing Joe Mixon. Bad week from Dak. 
you know, just really the lack of touchdowns. Mike Williams is hard to trust on any given week. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a tough one for sure. Um, but you know, next week's not looking bad. I'm sure you're scared about playing Aaron Jones after everything that's going on there. But I mean, he had two, he had two touchdowns last week. And I, I mean, he's not getting the touches, but I don't know about the game script. I, I'm not sure what Matt LaFleur is doing up in Green Bay. Like I'm, I'm not really familiar with like their game plan. And like each game they go into, it's very different. Yeah. Eight carries is eight touches is scary. Yeah, it is. I don't think that, I think it's a one-off. We'll see. I'm good. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on the playoff scoring format with mm-hmm. five as the top team and then three is the second highest. Do you, I mean, I, it's, it's interesting to look back because it does give that top team such an advantage. And it's only the first week of the playoffs. There are three more left, but the separation that it creates week over week, if Tommy gets another five pointer, I mean, that might be it. See, that's, that's where I like, I struggle to, I struggle with the current format because of you could win the playoffs with just two good performances. Like it doesn't, it rewards like good weeks, but it doesn't reward consistency. Like, that's the you have to obviously give some sort of incentive or I guess like a positive result to the first place team, but the five to three, I think it might be a little bit too much. I'm not sure. It's the first time we're doing it. I'm sure like it'll play itself out, but I think it can create maybe a little bit too much power for like the first place finishes. I was thinking and this leans this is more about uh seeding for the playoffs because you look at Colin, you know, just did dominated in the regular season, but got one point um this first week of the playoffs, giving each team some amount of points before the playoff season start, depending on their like if that means even giving like a half a point to the top seed just to get that separation. Um and that's also something we could look into for next year's playoff scoring format, whether a two-point difference between first and second is too much, maybe make it a half a point or a one and a half points or, you know, even like one and a quarter, one point seven five some yeah. variation. I mean, back. you look, though, you look at – no, you're, you're oh, back. No, I yeah, I didn't – On good, it's your connection, not yeah, mine. Yeah, it's you. Come it's on, you. man. You look – I mean, you're fine on my screen. Yeah, you look good to me, too. I think the thing, Sloan, I, I do want to say, though, is the week that the week that Tommy had, you know, you could argue that he deserved an extra point beyond the week that Austin had, because if you're yeah. just looking at a traditional table format, if you would have taken all of our scores still and put them into our traditional week, Tommy would have been first and then Austin's team would have been. Fifth, fifth overall. So, I mean, it was a pretty huge game that he had. I think you could argue to only get one point out of a 214-point performance for the week, one extra point. I don't know if it's – it's a little bit less fun, I guess, because, you know, playoffs could easily – pretty easily be decided by next week if Tommy has another incredible week. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I want the playoffs to be – like I just want the 
the best performing team to be rewarded. Maybe going back to some kind of matchup in the playoffs might be better too, uh, rather than trying to do a table. I know we've also mentioned just doing three weeks of playoffs instead of four because Mm -hmm. of the bye weeks. So that would probably make that a little bit more difficult, but I can definitely see the argument for getting rid of the five points. It is a, it's a huge benefit, but then again, we don't have Tommy on this podcast, the winner by over 70 points or nearly 70 points. So he should be able to celebrate that. He definitely deserves the five. I just, when it comes time to like (laughs) looking forward, it's just that the mental separation too. It's just like, it's so decimating. Yeah. I think we can all agree. If Tommy wins the league, the rules need to change because that (laughs) means there's definitely a problem with the existing rules. Uh, (laughs) Is there? All right. (laughs) Oh, I'm just kidding. I but... think the playoffs need to be a representation of how the regular season was scored. I think it needs to reward consistency because um, that's what table format does overall. And but you only have four weeks. You only have four well, they, weeks. That is a super small sample size. I get yeah. that. So, I mean, maybe it would be better to just have a 4-3-2-1 instead of a 5-3-2-1. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I've also thought about like, what if we went to went back to head to head for playoffs? Would that yeah. make sense? I I don't know. I but think then, looking then back that at this goes season, away from table. It does go away from table, but I, I think we'll be able to use this season as our gauge and look back and see what would have happened if we did head to head format throughout the full season, or if we did head to head format in the playoffs. Um, and just trying to figure out what we think would be the best way to get the most dominant team that title that they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea of going head to head. I think my biggest problem with the playoffs right now is there's no reward for being the one seed and in every other sporting event, even in regular, the, the redraft, head-to-head loser leagues that we play with our families in there's an advantage for being the one seed um so i think we need to colin needs to be rewarded i know he said he didn't care himself but i think he does need to see some kind of benefit for dominating the regular season other than now he's in last place in the playoffs yeah it's poetic justice (laughs) i think uh (laughs) we also need to consider the bye weeks because um, yeah. let's say Austin got the top seed this year. Well, you know, his best player didn't have a bye until the first week of the playoffs. Which, Preach. Yeah, which is good and bad. It's good that you make the playoffs because you don't have to worry about a bye week if you get so lucky to have a player that's as dominant as Jonathan Taylor. Um, but then it's going to hurt in the playoffs when that player actually has to take the bye. So, yeah, I think – Adjusting the weeks of the regular season and the playoffs for next season, um, hopefully to make sure that everybody has a bye before the playoffs start, and then also giving that advantage, however slight it might be, to the top-performing team for the playoffs. I think we should petition the NFL to just change their schedules to fit our needs. (laughs) Yeah. What's up with this Week 18? It's garbage. Nobody wants to see it. It's horrible. just to make up for all the, the revenue lost during the pandemic year. Ridiculous. That might be it. Well, I think we have some good ideas for next season, but 
you know, we're not even there yet, guys. The playoffs aren't over. Tommy's just won one week. He's had some horrible weeks. He's had some good weeks. <laughs> we have three weeks left. Angad, how are you feeling about the next three weeks of, of the playoffs? Are you feeling confident? Are you worried about your old, decrepit running backs breaking down for playoff season? Where I am, I'm not confident. I've, I've never been confident this whole fantasy season. Uh, I mean, yes, my team was consistent, but it, it never like had a great week from like uh, through and through for my team. My running backs aren't old. Like 26, 25, 26. That's not old. That's our age. Are you calling us old? Yeah, we're old. I would not be able to, <laughs> for, to play running back in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. NFL running back, yeah. Although I do have zero carries, though, and some people argue it's more of a usage <laughs> thing. So <Yeah>. maybe, <laughs> you know, if you look at Jonathan Taylor, he's like 5'10, 220. I'm close. I'm almost there. <laughs> That's I'm about what I'm saying. Six foot 230. So. Put me in. I think uh, I, I like my running backs, so I'm not afraid of them falling apart. You know, Alvin Kamara came back and showed everybody why he's the real deal and why he's a fantasy goat. Um, what I'm really worried about is my wide receiver room, and that's, you know, that's literally every week I worry about my <laughs> wide receiver room. Um, Hunter Renfro has been my saving grace. Like, yeah. he was – he has been putting up numbers that I can't even like imagine. I mean, Darren Waller has been out and he might be coming back. So that's going to start to, that's going to start to take away some of the targets and maybe some red zone targets as well. So I'm not looking forward to that. <clears throat> Keenan Allen, it might play this Thursday and take away from Michael Williams. But at the same time, I kind of like Keenan Allen coming back this week. Cause I feel like it'll open him up down the, down the field. So that's like a give and take there. Yeah, what are you thinking about the rest of the playoffs, Sloan? Do you feel Ongood has a chance? Do you think it's going to be Tommy and a runaway? The performance last week was pretty dominant. I don't know. I am intrigued about week two of the playoffs with Jonathan Taylor coming back for Austin uh, because he's been such a boom player this season that you know he, he could give Jonathan Taylor could give Austin the number one spot in the playoffs next week. And then he's right back in it because he got three this week. And uh, Tommy's team, I don't know if he's just getting lucky or what, but he got five points and he scored just an absolute insane amount. Um, I still think it's up in the air of who's going to win. I think coming into the playoffs, Colin, we thought would be better than he's performed last week. Uh, Tommy overperformed than I think most people thought. Um, so I, 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 I still think it's anybody's game. You know, Jonathan Taylor's coming back, but he's going up against Bill Belichick and the Pats, the Pats D. So I'm excited to see that, that game in general. And I, I hope for the sake of the playoffs, specifically for me, that Jonathan Taylor has his worst game of the year. And I'm actually confident that Bill Belichick will, will achieve and do it. So. Yeah. Wow. Bold claims made yeah. on the podcast this I, week. It's in, I think it's in New England. Yes, it is in New England. You're correct. Yeah. I, I oh, no, see, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, no, it's in, it's in it's Indy. Indy. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, it is. It's in Indy. Okay. I think that changes it up a little, you know, playing inside a dome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it'll be interesting to see. 
it's hard not to put a lot of stock into Tommy's dominant week one performance because it was not even close. I mean, everybody on Tommy's team was scoring touchdowns. I think I went back and counted. He had nine touchdowns across all of his players, which is, you know, four from Rogers, but still absolutely crazy to be putting up that many touchdowns in a given week. But I just hope for my sake in the league's sake that there's a bit of competition. I think it would be pretty boring if heading into the last week, nobody could catch the winner of the, the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. It would be, I, I do think that Austin has a very good shot with Jonathan Taylor coming back. I know we've talked about it a lot and I think he's probably, probably the favorite to win because I don't know if Tommy's team can continue to do this because they've proven many weeks that they can be a very, very cold team, but you look at Tommy's matchups. There's a lot of green on there, Sloan. I know you're probably a little jealous looking at his lineup for this week with all that green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I want to point out that Tommy scored 214 points while also having one player who scored 0.4 with James Robinson. Oh, my God. I think that's, that's the most powerful part. That's a good point. Um, There's so, going to be a ton of touchdown regression, though. So it, I, yeah, I was going to bring that up, Josh. You said the amount of touchdowns that he had last week. I think he kind of just he hit the lottery in week 14. Week 15 might be a little different because if your team is just scoring high because of touchdowns, that's not – even over the course of four weeks, I don't think that's going to be sustainable. But he also scored 214. And how he had 14 to touchdowns. Actually, yeah. How much 14. is actually needed to win? That's ridiculous. How much? I think next week you'll need. I think the winning team has around 160 because 14 touchdowns is absolutely insane. That's so I think many. 160 is a reasonable score for the winning team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's a good representation of how the regular season went with winning teams, uh, especially when buys started. So it might be a little more now that buys are over with, but man. 214 is a lot. Um, but I, I think Austin saw as a shot on good. You're still in there too. Colin just really got hurt with only one point. And right. not even that, his team is just getting decimated with injuries and COVID. Like it, it was just the worst formula for him. Like DeAndre yeah. Hopkins is now out for the whole regular season. Um, that, that takes a huge hit on his wide receiver room. I don't know what. San Francisco is doing with Debo Samuel anymore. Like he's no longer, he's like turning into Cordell Patterson. Yeah. I mean, he got Debo got 12 points last week, so that's okay. He was projected around 15. um, But with what he's been doing recently, you would expect a little bit, a little bit more than that. He did have an off sort of an off week, I guess. Um, Yeah. Like Adam Thielen, Miles Sanders coming off injury, Henderson coming off COVID. Like who knows if these people are going to play. Kareem Hunt, I, he's probably going to be yeah. out, right? Yep. That's not good. Yep. Kelsey, he hasn't been performing that well lately. Man. So just, I feel terrible for his team. Like, I, I want to go up against, like, a healthy, like, all four playoff teams, no buys, no injuries, no COVID. All that. I know it's, it's at the ideal situation, but I just feel terrible for, for his team. Yep. Josh, your mic is not working. Josh is – New it's working Yeti. now. Or no? it <laughs> yeah, it's, it's working now. Okay. 
my computer uh, is three years old, my work computer. And now it does this thing where it will just randomly shut off uh, throughout the day, which is a very cool feature <laughs> for a work computer. Um, energy saving. It's an energy. Yeah. Saving. There and you go. It's very, <laughs> very environmentally friendly. I was going to say though. Yeah. I just think, you know, Colin's team is, was so good and it's pretty disappointing to see how, how bad it's gotten when you're benching Russell Wilson this goes back to the point that Sloan and I were talking about a few weeks ago where, you know, you become worse at sending lineups once your star players start having off weeks because you're just second guessing everything. You can't trust them. You're putting them on the bench. That's when things start to get scary. And yeah, it's definitely not fun to see a team like Collins that was once the the dominant force be so bad and a team that's now very old um, heading into next year and, there's not a whole lot of there's draft value, of course, and and how lucky he's gotten with Cup and Debo Samuel. But uh, with a lot of those older players, you'll definitely have a difficult time trading them if he wants to try and get younger. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, I feel like we've we've pretty thoroughly covered the playoff picture for the next couple of weeks, at least. I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. We'll obviously stay up to date on it. I think it's time to go to the main reason where we have you on the podcast this week on good. Let's talk about your team. Uh, it's been a wild ride for you this year. Some questionable trades, some good trades. Um, I'd love to get an idea. I obviously you're competing this year, which is great, but how are you feeling about your team for the future? It's a dynasty league. You may have old running backs, according to some people, um, a lot of uncertainty in the wide receiver room. Where are you at? Yeah, I've been, uh, I think I'm in the middle of the pack when it comes to like the longevity of my players. Like how, how sustainable are they in fantasy? My, my biggest question mark right now, I think is other than wide receivers, I know that it's, it's Jalen Hurts. He, uh, he's a very fantasy friendly quarterback, but is he, you know, a viable starter in today's NFL? I don't know. I think he's similar. To, I think he's similar to Lamar Jackson. I know Lamar Jackson, you know, brings a completely different uh, level of the running ability, but I think from throwing, like it's relatively the same. And we've seen over the last like four to six weeks, Lamar Jackson can't throw the football. Like he's he's got like I think six touchdowns and ten interceptions over the last like four or five games. Like that's not sustainable. But his running ability is beyond belief. So Jalen Hurst doesn't have that capability. And that's where I'm like starting to worry about next year and what's, what's going to happen with that. Um, on the flip side, like Gardner Minshew is, I think, a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, and he can very easily take his job. Um, I don't know if anybody's picked him up. I think somebody did last week when he started. Yep. Mike Wood. Yep. Yep. So that's going to be somebody I'm going to eye in the offseason. Uh, Mike, when you listen to this, I will not accept, uh, you know, some BS trade that you propose. So you tell me I, you won't take an Arby's beef and cheddar sandwich. <laughs> I've never had Arby's in my life. Oh my god! What? Yeah, no. You've never been to Arby's? Never been. Never been to Arby's. Do they not I have them their, in New I, York? I love their commercials. I there's probably a handful here, but I I love their commercials. Like they're great. But, uh, we got the never, meats, baby. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, wow. All right. Well, we'll have to. I, okay, I think when you lose, uh, 
when you lose the league one of these years, we'll send you to an RV for 24 hours instead of a walk house. That that would be that would be very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying with with Gardner Minshew. He's he looked he looked good last week, and I know there were a lot of talks about whether there was a quarterback controversy in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you hit the nail on the head with describing Hertz. He is a fantasy football producer, but is he a good NFL quarterback? And that's what we're going to find out so. over the offseason. Yeah. So I don't know. It feels weird to me how they look at him, though. I don't think he's that bad. I want him to be bad just because he's such a good fantasy player that it's better for my team if he's out of the league. But statistically, for a second-year quarterback, I don't know. I don't think he's that terrible. I mean, if you own Miles Sanders, Devonta Smith, you know, you own Dallas Goddard, who's actually done done okay despite yeah, playing on our he's system. Been his number. He's been his number one target, I think. Yeah, but I think if you just own any pass catcher on the Eagles, you're hoping that it's not Jalen Hurts because he is a he doesn't make the offensive players around him better. That's mm-hmm. probably the biggest downfall of him. Yeah, so I'm 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 generally concerned about his future. Um, Dak, we know, just got this huge contract. I think he's severely overpaid. Um, but uh, that's a different that's a different topic. I love my running back room. Yes, they're high usage running backs, and they they've been beaten up. But I think they're they're going to give me a solid like two or three more years each. I have to say, mm. I think I think Alvin Kamara, like he's he got beat up this this year, but he'll come back. He came back healthy. He showed out, and I think he'll continue to do so. I mean, he's such a dynamic, dynamic running back. Joe Mixon is going to blossom in that offense. Like he's finally got uh, somebody that can throw the ball and take some some of the stress off of his workload. And then uh, Aaron Jones also. Like they've just they've all been great. Um, after I traded for Joe Mixon, I actually you know I kind of missed Deontay Johnson because I didn't realize how well he was going to do. I knew he was their number one their number one receiver, but I didn't think with Chase Claypool and Juju Smith Schuster and their tight end room, like they have some deep tight ends, Nashi Harris. I didn't think he was going to get this much you know attention from Ben Roethlisberger, but uh, I tried to trade him trade for him after I traded him away to Brian, and he was like, no. <laughs> Yeah, he's an elite um, dynasty asset, I would say, at this point. Like a top yeah. 15 dynasty wide receiver, no doubt. Yep, Looking I, uh, back on that Joe Mixon trade, see. that I would describe as a blockbuster. Do you, if you could undo it, would you at this point? I don't I don't know because Tua has not, I, I don't know if Tua's going to be a, you know, a starting quarterback in the near future. I, I drafted him thinking that he would. He played like absolute garbage in the beginning of the season, but now he's playing well. I do miss Deontay Johnson, but I did upgrade my running back room at the expense of my wide receiver room, which Calvin, the Calvin Ridley news was like, you know, you, I couldn't do anything about that. That was, that was brutal. Yeah. Um, I love, I love DJ Moore. I think I got good value out of him. Um, once they figure out this quarterback situation, I think he'll be fine. Um, I hope they can figure out the quarterback situation because he's very talented. Hunter Renfro, I think it's got to it's got to be like top three away from wire pickup this year, um, probably behind Cordero Patterson and uh, who was the other person we were talking about last week? Edge Mitchell. 
Elijah Mitchell. That's right. Yeah. I think it's uh you got unlucky with the wide receivers this year between yeah. Ridley going out and then trading for Michael Thomas at yeah. literally the worst possible like hour you could have traded for Michael Thomas. Yeah. Looking back at it too, it was a it was a panic button when Ridley was out and uh I was very scared, like worried about the future. I think this year off gives an extra year of Michael Thomas, like instead of playing until he's like 33 or 34, he could play until he's 35, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I like that 33, 34 was the starting point. (laughs) I don't know. He's 28. Um, And I, I thought he was going to play this year. He was going to bolster my team. And then like, Oh, it was a gut punch, like gut punch. Yeah. You have eight wide receivers right now. And yeah, Hunter Renfro, he's the top, right? I know. That's what's yeah. crazy to think. <laughs> I mean, DJ Moore is solid. Like he's been he's put up great numbers this year. He's as good of a dynasty asset as CD Lamb is. Oh, we won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> that that bit that also like bit me in the ass. <laughs> that argument. <laughs> Have you started Sterling Shepard at all this season? Once and that's it. I think it was the game week two. I think so because he put up twenty in week one. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and then thirteen. I thought he was going to be. And then yeah, I thought he was going to be a great waiver wire pickup, and then he just can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. Yeah, he's very much like Will Fuller in that aspect. Yeah, I, I think my team is it's it's okay. I think I'll, I'll stay competitive for the ne- uh, next year. I think I will definitely Maybe even the year after that. Um, but I really need to hit, I really need to hit the waiver wire hard. I may need to make a couple of trades. Maybe some of the players on my team get traded and it opens up an opportunity for them like Alexander Madison or AJ Dillon, or maybe Tim Patrick. If somebody from their team, like on the Broncos, our receiver gets hurt. Like he has the ability to, to put up good numbers. So one of the players we haven't mentioned yet is Jordan Love. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, that was uh, that was a reach. I the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now. I mean, MVP favorite. I, I think that goes without saying. It's either him or Tom Brady, which Tom Brady is unreal. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, I think he's gone after the season. Like, I don't think he stays. He might stay in the league, but yeah, I Jordan, think he's gone Jordan Love. I think he's gone. So. It's it's a risk. Um, I would love to see who they draft this year, the Packers, um, and then we'll we'll go from there. I think I knew going to see that he wasn't going to play at all. Mm-hmm. He played one game and he was yeah. Awesome. How did how did you feel about that performance against Kansas City in Week Nine? Yeah. I, oh my God. I I don't know if that was like when they finally decided to play defense and like they switched their their passing defense from a zone scheme to a man on man, man to man. And now their defense is like unstoppable. Like who would have thought Kansas City's defense was unstoppable? I don't know if that's when it when that happened, but yeah, it was pitiful. He, I mean, he's young. He yeah, and he might be a starter next season. So that's exactly that's exactly. good. So, so I, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna keep him. I'm gonna stash him. I think he's worth the risk right now. Yeah, it seems like of all the positions in fantasy football, quarterback is the position that everybody is hoarding. Um, yeah. especially what Mike, how many does Mike have? 
Mike's got six quarterbacks. Uh, they're all super young. Uh, so, I have to ask. I have to ask about Mike's team. Like, do you guys genuinely think his team is going to be competitive, like ever? I I don't know a lot about fantasy. <laughs> I'm football. sorry. <laughs> I don't know a lot about fantasy football, which makes me happy that I'm the co-host of this podcast. But I don't think having six quarterbacks who, outside of Mahomes, have like Mahomes has this is his Mahomes' fifth year. Uh, is this what his fourth or third year starting outside of that? He has Trevor Lawrence, rookie Minshew, third year Tua, second year, Zach Wilson, rookie, and then Lance rookie. I mean, that, that might be good, but I think it's going to be really bad. Yeah. But I could be completely wrong. Like his, his skill positions, like, I don't even I don't know. <laughs> I think you're underselling. You're underselling Mike's team. I mean, if you look at his starting roster right now, it's a train wreck, right? It's a very bad starting roster. He has four running backs and five tight ends on his roster. The thing about Mike's team, though, is unlike either of your teams who are locked into competing right, right this year, right next year, Mike can kind of compete whenever he decides that he actually wants to. He has... Four second rounders this year and a late first. And he's got three first rounders next year and five second rounders next year, right? Next year's draft, I'm sure, Sloan, you haven't looked at it. On good, maybe. That 23 rookie draft is the draft. Like everything I've read, read about it, that is the listen, year you want to have picks. Listen, we they, they said that about this year too. And the the, this year is a solid draft. Are you kidding me? Look at the top players: Chase Smith, Waddle, Najee Harris. No, I'm sorry. I meant I meant like um, the like the rookies that are going to be in 2022, like the college yeah. like seniors this year. Like it, they said that at the beginning of the season, like oh, DJ Ukulele, whatever is going to be a stud. Spencer <laughs> Rattler is going to be the Heisman, and like they're they were awful. I I just you know the 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 thing about Mike's team is he has assets, right? Like you can trade a lot of these young guys for picks or players. There's a lot of pieces on his team that I like. I think it takes a lot more work to have a team like Michael's than to have sure. a team like Sloan's or on goods, where you have players who are proven great players, right? Mike's team, Mike, the whole point of his team is building a dynasty, right? I don't think either of you are, in the idea of building a dynasty you're you're it's, wanting to win a championship it's in, so in hard year. to win fantasy football and you cannot just pick up all these rookies and expect them to perform and the nfl is a grueling league and if you're not performing you're out most of these players do not last more than a few seasons in the in the league and i just i think it's so I, it's, I don't think it's a good idea to just have a blanket roster of just all these young uh, players and rookies because not I, I wouldn't even say half of them are going to be players that you want to start. So then you're just left with a terrible roster, like an okay roster in terms of like some of the rookies that you have and young players, but it just, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't think it's going to work. And that's why I traded away all my draft picks. I could be wrong. It's the ebb and flow, though, Sloan, of the league in that your window is this year 
and next year it's next year because you're not in the playoffs this year your window <laughs> is next year if your team starts to go downhill next year you're gonna have to start selling off your assets to get younger players it, it would be a horrible decision for you to not do that like you would probably end up wanting to quit the league i disagree if you held those old players for a long time i think i can build a sustainable team that's going to be able to compete every season you know you know what else is a good argument too like these young people that we're all drafting, you're going to have to drop some of those veterans that you can pick up for a season. You could play that game too. You can pick up solid players every single season that other teams will have to drop and you can build your team like that too. I think Brian and Mike shot themselves in the foot this season with just banking on the future. I don't think you understand how much fun it is to be able to look forward to a rookie draft. I think that's what you're <laughs> on good. I, I know he's missing out. I know you're wishing you had a first round pick this year uh, because no, you're I don't. seeing I don't. Garrett Wilson highlights Traylon Burks highlights. And you're, you're thinking, Oh man, he would look good in my I, right next to Hunter Renfro. I want Jackson Smith and in 2023. And I'm, I'm going to get him. <laughs> It will take dude, you Kamara and is... Mixon. He's disgusting. <laughs> he's incredible. Like, yeah, he's like watching him live too is just unreal. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good transition to kind of your pick strategy. You have a couple of second rounders this year. Really nothing in 2023. The third person in the row on the podcast to basically have no real draft assets. How are you feeling about this year's picks? Any players you're targeting? And about not having any picks next year. Uh, you know, I, the 2023, like, I want Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I didn't realize, <laughs> like, I didn't have any picks until you just mentioned it now. <laughs> so it's not going to happen. I, recant, I, I resent saying that. But it's not <laughs> <happening>. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I'm not optimistic about my outlooks for in terms of like rookie draft next year. Um, I'm obviously going to hit the wide receivers. Uh, maybe John Dodson, if he falls in the second round, Dodson I don't think, pick. I don't think I'd be surprised if Chris Olave fell to the second round too. I think he's like a glue guy for like, I, I feel like he'd be a great slot receiver. He'll be weird to see where he goes in our rookie draft. I think mm -hmm. I was texting Mike. If he falls to my second round pick, I'd love to have Chris Olave there. But I, yeah. he's like, it's weird that he's the third best receiver on that Ohio State team. That's yeah. not good. Yeah, and John Mechie too, like from Alabama, just towards ACL. Like I feel like he's going to fall too, so I could maybe eye him. I bet he could get him in the third round, honestly, with Brian's really? pick. Yeah, I that ACL is. I mean, it's only you have base. You'll have, you know, three three late seconds essentially between mine yours and brian's third so you'll be able to take some shots at some wide receivers there yeah and that's all i'm, I'm looking for like i think i'm set in other positions i think dallas connor is gonna just keep continuing to get better so i don't have to shoot for a tight end my running backs are great i even have like aj dylan alexander madison i think they'll go elsewhere or they'll just fill in roles are great handcuffs to have um so i'm that's the only position I'm looking for as wide receiver. Have you looked at the uh, age and experience Excel file? I did. Did you notice that you have the oldest overall age? 
And I think that's interesting to see because I don't have many 30-year-olds on my team. You don't, yeah, which is you, – you can look at other positions within some of the other teams and point out, like, okay, that's why that overall age or overall experience is high. But yours, it's super consistently just high enough to be – just, you know, to have the overall average to be the highest. Um, like, you look at Austin and – Matt's quarterbacks they're super high and you look at some other positions for some other teams and that's why their overall age is skewed a little bit, bit higher than uh, some of the others but yours is you have a very experienced team I'll say mm-hmm. that and I, I think like it is the highest but it, it's not something I'm overly concerned about right now yeah I mean you're in the playoffs I'm in the playoffs I I had the 10th pick in the draft um, yeah, I, I, I surprised myself with how well my team did. Um, you're not going to have anybody that's going to retire from your mm-hmm. roster. At least you shouldn't. Um, I mean, Calvin Ridley, but he might, yeah. Mike Williams. yeah. Yeah. Matt, Matt Ryan's getting up there, but that was just like a fill in for Tua. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you, you just had a very experienced team with really no one at risk of, uh, finishing their career this season. I think the, if you look at the revised chart I made of yours, Sloan, no offense. Yours was a great starting point. I appreciate you putting it together. Ungood is, you know, 27.2 overall average, basically tied with you and Matt for the third oldest team. You both have about the same age. I think the overall age is a very misleading number to look at because you know, positional ages matter significantly. A 26-year-old running back is most likely on the back end of his career, whereas a 26-year-old wide receiver is in his prime. And a 26-year-old QB is still fairly early in his career, right? Still considering to be developed. So I, I think, you know, your running back room is a little bit concerning just purely from an age perspective. I, as an owner of Zeke, I'm familiar with older running backs. Uh, and I'm not, I don't think it's a horrible thing to have some slightly older assets. I'm sure Melvin Gordon, you know, getting 28 years old, that's slightly older as well, but I don't know. I think you're, you're fine. I think you, the lack of draft assets is probably a little scary until 2024. Um, You'll probably have to cash in on some of these older running backs. If you don't feel like you're making the playoffs next year, you you might have to pull the plug. I know Sloan never will, but yeah. Yeah, you'll have I'm, you can't hold until they turn uh, dust. Yes, yeah, that's a that's exactly right. Turn to dust. <laughs> I have to I have to sell them at their highest value if I'm not making the playoffs. Agreed. Well, I think the last thing we have to talk about today is rookie rankings. Matt put together a wonderful uh, piece of PDF for us. Uh, kind of outlining the top players a little controversial in my opinion but nothing I think that's too far off I I don't disagree I like that he didn't put them all in order he just put them positionally I know neither of you have first round picks next year on good you talked a little bit about Dotson or Mechie falling in the second round Sloan I know you're not a big rookie guy how many of these names are you familiar with uh, or anybody (laughs) 
Well, let's see. Matt Coral, that looks pretty familiar. <laughs> it's Corral. Uh, <laughs> Big Coral guy. Go David Bell. Uh, I have no idea who any of these players are. Oh, my God. Slow, come on. Man, that's okay. I don't have any picks I mean, over the next I two have... seasons. I have to say, I, I don't know everybody, but I'm pretty familiar with, I would say, over 50% of the list. Yeah, me too. I think over 50% is about where I'm at as well. I don't think I know any of the tight ends, though. Those guys, I don't think I could have a conversation uh, so, about. So Jalen Wiedermeyer is massive. He's like a basketball player. He's huge. And Jaleel Billingsley, I don't even think is a tight end. He, he looks like a wide receiver out there. He's almost like a Kyle Pitts, except not as athletic. Gotcha. Um, I mean, obviously, I know Jeremy Rucker. I watched him play, and he's okay. Sloan, are you just doing some research for some highlight tapes right now? I looked up how big Jalen Wiedermeyer is, (laughs) 6'5", 256. Big boy. I mean, that's pretty big for a tight end. That's big. That's Brian big. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, – I'll speak to my, my draft. I have some picks, so I think it's nice to talk a little bit about the draft at this point. Who are you eyeing for with your first pick? I This QB class is perplexing to me. I have seen rankings of these six, basically the top six QBs, Corral, Willis, Pickett, Howell, Strong, Ritter, in a variety of orders. I I think Corral has the consensus. Um, Willis has the rushing upside. But I don't think there's like any givens there. My team is definitely not QB needy at this point. Um, But I think it's a good year for me with basically back half first round picks to have a shot at getting the best QB in the draft. Um, Because I don't think there's no generational prospect in this draft. So don't be... Willis is a bust. Yeah, he's the Liberty... like how you can be so not have the best team in that garbage conference is (laughs) scary. I don't know. I feel like that was a scary thing. Um, But yeah, don't be surprised if I take a QB in the first round. I love Garrett Wilson. I think he's great. Traylon Burks gets a ton of love, but he's, you know, very low in mock drafts, which is interesting to see how low he ends up. Um, if I get one of Brees Hall or Isaiah Spiller too, I like both of those guys, but I don't think any of the running backs this year are as good as either Najee Harris or Javante Williams. It's kind of a, just a lot of, of middling players for me. It's not a bad draft, but I'm not, uh, I'm not as sold for my teams. I'm not, I will not, I will try my hardest not to draft according to need. Because at the end of the day, I'm love to trade. And so it's all about what kind of value can I get out of the players that I draft? Um, but it'll be hard to turn down uh, a running back, one of those two, if they're there at the sixth pick. Nice. Sloan, I, I don't even think I should ask. <laughs> Who are you eyeing in the draft? <laughs> I have no idea. I have a fourth round pick. And <laughs> that's it. Um, no, yeah, I, I, where's, where's Xander? Where's Xander Horvath right. on here? I was yeah. expecting to see him on there. <laughs> no, I, my, my strategy is to just, it's to, the way well, yeah, I, that's what I'm going to do. I know we're expanding rosters, but some teams are going to have to drop 
some amount of players, and that's where I'm going to try to to make my dollar. I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't think I need it to work out over the next two seasons, but I might find a gem among those players that are dropped or undrafted. Yep. The odds of that are pretty low, but that's my plan. Yeah, they are I low. Think it, I think it's just – no, I, I don't think they're low. I think it's – there's just as much value in picking up somebody off the waivers than there is like in a third round pick almost. Cause that player that you pick up off waivers is probably going to get some playing time. Whereas a third round pick in the rookie draft may not even see the field once. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it's a uh, dealing with the rookies is, I mean, it's hard not to get rookie fever though. I think that's another thing I've yeah. loved about doing a dynasty league is you watch these guys in college and then you're like, Oh man, they're going to be, I mean, cause basically every single good player in the future of our dynasty league, maybe 95% are going to be drafted in the rookie draft. So if you're not drafting, you're going to have to pay a lot to acquire those players because people love their picks. When you make a pick, you're not going to just give it up immediately. You have to pay a little bit. You so might. I think that's where the value in picks comes in is that, People have a bias. It's wrong, but they have a bias for the players that they select because they trust themselves. And if those players turn out to be studs, you're going to have to pay for them. So, you know, yes, picks are uncertain, but you may end up paying two picks in order to acquire a player you could have gotten with one if you would have just drafted him yourself. I'm excited to see how this all plays out over the next several years. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm, I have been, I have not been able to stop myself from even just like testing the trade waters over the last few weeks of like, Hey, after the season's over, what do you think about, what do you think about doing something like this? What did you text me about? About, uh, uh, text I texted you about? about a wide receiver. Maybe a little Mooney action. A little Darnell Mooney. Mooney. That's right. It was Darnell. You want a little Mooney? I can't wait until we can start trading again. Yeah. I'm you'll be the, the band of brothers, you know, stays together, all 10 of us. I I oh, think it yeah. would be weird to have to find another owner for yeah, the league. I think so, too. I don't see anybody leaving at any point. Unless, yeah. I think some teams are going to get really, really bad. Like, really, really bad. Like, you think Mike's and Brian's team are bad? In two years, I think we'll see some teams where we're like, Oh no. <laughs> that could be my team. <laughs> that could be any of us. We'll see. Yeah. And as uh, long as you have uh, young assets, you'll never be in the oh no phase of dynasty, <laughs> which that in and of itself may be worth avoiding. I'm excited. Me too. Well, great guys. I think we've covered a lot today. Anga, thanks for coming on, talking about your team. I'm excited for this week's playoff performance. Wishing you the best of luck. I'd love to see you have a strong week and uh, break down Tommy's performance from last week. So appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you guys yeah, for thanks. having me. Thanks for doing this. Uh, appreciate everybody, everybody's investment in the league. You know, Mike doing the the standings, the updates, along with the tables, Matt with the emails, everything. You know, it's very well appreciated. And I enjoy it very much. Of course, we're a well-oiled machine at this point. Oh yeah. So. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Uh, Have a good one. All right. God bless. Yep.